Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Post Sunday Podcast. We are so excited to have you guys joining us. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, uh, along with Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What's going on, my man? Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode two. This is, Here we go. This is good, man. We are we are going we're going hot. We're going fast, and uh, this is our second week in the never-ending story year-long series that we have going on here at Genesis Church Orlando. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, but Post Sunday Podcast, uh, it's presented by Genesis Church Orlando. It's a podcast that we dedicated to just diving deeper into the Word of God. So if you're looking forward to, to going further in Scripture, this is the podcast for you. But Post Sunday Podcast, we're airing weekly and it's a continuation of what we're doing at Genesis Church from Sunday's message. Uh, we're bringing more practical application questions, uh, just really going deeper uh, into the heart of the message. Uh, you can find and listen to us on all social media platforms, podcasting platforms, um, and you can also follow us on uh, Instagram on Post Sunday Podcasts. But don't forget, most importantly, um, join us live. We're live at Genesis Church Orlando. You can find us at 9 a.m. and 11.30 on Sundays uh, on YouTube and Facebook at Genesis Church Orlando. Um, that Those are our hashtags there. So all that being said, we are on week two. And, uh, and we had a very special guest with us um, that came all the way. From Germany, yes, yes, and and the the one, the only, uh, Johannes Eustace. Yes, go. And uh, and, uh, you know the the backdrop to this whole story, we don't have time for. Just uh, the reality is, is you know, four and a half years ago. God literally dropped a German in my lap, and that's the only way that I can explain I heard explain some stories this. on that. It was you know, funny, but it was lost great. in translation. He says he told me <laughs> that he was coming to learn from me for weeks. I say the email says he was just coming to like meet with me and what I thought was going to be like a one-time lunch deal while he was quote unquote visiting America uh, was actually a six week I've come to intern under That's... you and flipped my my world upside down, my first day upside down and six weeks of my life upside down. That's amazing. Uh, but uh, it, uh, it created a beautiful friendship um, our, our hearts were just literally, you know, just, uh, intertwined and, and the, the beauty of it is through all the fun and all the laughter and all the things, you know, that I joke around about, you know, do we have to censor him and all that stuff for what he says being pure <laughs> German, uh, was that we would often joke around about being nerds for Jesus and we yeah. would just sit and study and, and talk about the scriptures and, and the context and culture and the Hebrew language and, and things, you know, maybe people listening are like, what? But for us, like it was just nonstop and it just continued. So when he was in Germany, I'd send him stuff and be like, Hey, I'm studying this. What do you see? And then he call us and be like, Hey, I'm going to be preaching and doing this. What are you guys doing? Mm. And it's just been that iron sharpening iron. And then here four and a half years later, we get to have him back and preach on Sunday and really 
week two, Genesis three. And so welcome everyone. That's so good. Johannes. Yes. Hey, how are you? Yes. We're doing well, brother. We're excited to have you around here, Thank man. Thank you so much. And Appreciate it. Good energy. Thank you. <laughs> so here's what we want to do because we want to dive right in because I think yesterday there, there are so many things being unpacked, I think, so fast for people. I get the beauty of us standing around and talking about this and sitting in my house and, you know, for a few days, you know, I'm processing this and we're, we're talking back and forth. But for many of our people, I mean, we, we, we were only in three verses yesterday. So some people are like, wait, what about the rest of the chapter? But I think it once again shows the depth of the scriptures. It shows um, you know, the, the reality of why we were calling this the never ending story, because you can keep coming back to it and find new things that you never knew or saw or heard before that can change your life. And so I really, I want to start right where kind of you did, you know, when you said, Hey, did you realize the word sin is never seen in Genesis chapter three? Yes. Never seen. You don't see the word sin until Genesis chapter four. However, we know that Genesis three is all about sin, but Moses chooses in the writing to use the picture of a serpent yes. so that you can grasp the 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 understanding of sin instead of just the 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 language of it. Talk about what you know the the, the snake being that yes. imagery again. Yes, for for me, it's the most important stuff. Before we speak about the snake, is we have this kind of saying in German: you can never dive in in the same river twice because the river is moving every time. The same what we happen in the Bible. If you read the Bible once, they speak in this way, but the next time you read the Bible again, she speaks totally different to you. You can never drive in in the same river twice because every time it's moving. The Bible is just, uh, if you dive in the Bible, it just you, it takes your whole life. And this is why I can't just speak some parts about the Bible. The Bible is so deep. But the snake, it's, it's an animal. Um, the most people don't like snakes at all. But for us in Germany, the snake, we, speak, uh, we say the snake speaks with a forked tongue like sin speak to the forked tongue never speaks truly and the picture from a snake is so deep because um a snake um if if it's hot in your life the snakes this is hotter the snake can move faster a snake is hides everywhere in the fields in the palace is everywhere and especially for women snakes can change their skin and there's every time beautiful again the snakes are just uh, very interesting and there's this picture of sin because sin have the same types you know it's changing it's fast you it can hide everywhere you can see it everywhere and especially for for uh, for a snake they just inject its um, poison and when the venom is in your blood step by step you will die and sin makes the same thing and i think uh, if moses um, he writes the stuff down um, they they use the picture for a word that everybody will understand in the ancient time, because it doesn't it doesn't matter if you live in Germany or in Egypt or in Africa, everybody will understand a snake its enemy. Yeah, and and I think you know as you talk about the hot and cold, you know we know this. We know that you know when it's cold outside. You know, the snake is looking for somewhere warm to get. You know, so they'll tell you, you know, in cold weather, look, look, be careful on the rocks and things like yes. this. And as you said, when it's when it's hotter outside, it moves more freely. And and that picture of sin of when when it's hotter in your life, the snake can move more freely in your life. And and this imagery when you see it is not just saying, Oh, here's this word sin. Here's, here's what it means, and you need to take what it means and you need to apply it to your life. It's this 
image of the snake that is constantly moving or lurking in the cold shadows, looking for an opportunity to bite you yes. and inject poison in you, lie to you. And it's fascinating that this is how the Bible gives you a picture of yes. sin the first time we're introduced yeah, to if, if the Bible speaks the first time about real sin, like in the, we have it in the, in the, Cain and Abel, in the story from Cain and Abel, they use a picture of sin from a lion. And in the New Testament, they use the same picture again. They say the devil is like a lion. He, he, like a lion. He watching you. He want to, to, to catch you. And we have every time the same thing. The sin is looking for you. And what I, uh, what I said yesterday also is um, in Greek, you can't say that you have a feeling you know, or you have a, a, a opportunity. Every time the feeling have you and the same, we don't have sin, sin have us. And this is very important to know if you are a follower of Jesus Christ or a disciple of Jesus Christ, Jesus has you. You know what I mean? We don't have Jesus. He catched us. I'm a prey from him. He catched me and I'm a prey. Just I do what I what he wants. You know what I mean? And the same happened if you live in sin, you are not the ruler over sin or you don't reign over the sin. The sin will reign over you. And people, in, especially in Germany, they think, ah, oh, it's just a little bit. No, it's poison. It poison starts to rain over you, and it's coming in your heart. It's pumped in every veins, and then you will die. This is uh, the biggest picture because the Bible speaks in picture every time in pictures. And I think that's key because that is, that is uh, especially um, in the West, the Western world, that is why we have a hard time understanding the scriptures, because the scripture speaks in pictures. Mm. So, you know, if you were to take the average person and you would say, tell me who God is to you. Uh, a Westerner would say things like God is love. God is awesome. God is, God is uh, amazing. And we use these terms. And although they're true of who he is, you have no picture of that. But when you read like David in the Psalms, he says, God is my rock. He's like a tree that brings shade to my life. It's as if he looks around and he sees the things of the world that God created. And he says, I see God in that. And the way that a tree offers shade when you're just scorched in the heat, this is what my God does for me. Or when you're, when the, the storm is coming and you're looking for a place of refuge, you go hide under a rock. This is what my God is for me. And, and so therefore when we're like, well, God is love. And then you're like, well, what does that mean? I don't know. God, God's awesome. What does that mean? Yeah. I don't know. And so even here in Genesis three, what is sin? Well, it's the wrong things you do, but Moses chooses. Let's, let's look at it in the picture of a serpent and how it's coming after you and what it wants to do when it catches you. What I think it's most interesting is the snakes speak about the fruit, about the good fruit. And when we catch up the Bible and the other verses, every time we as Christian or as yeah, just believers, we have to bring good fruits. But in the Bible, they want to eat from the good fruits. But if you, uh, in the, the snake said, you have to eat from the good fruit. But in the Bible later, you have to bring good fruits, never to eat it, just to bring it and somebody else can eat it. And what I want to say is um, the sin starts with prohibition. You are you some that uh, like a thing that got hiding something from you. You can't be full or that you are not free. But the opposite is true. Jesus or God, when he created the heaven and the earth, he said, hey, you can eat everything. Just one thing, not. 
But the, the the snake twisted it. The sin twisted it that you say, okay, everything is forbidden, but it's actually a lie. And what I want to say is um, the fruit, the picture of a fruit is also good because we as Christians, we have to bring good fruits every time. We say, where are your fruit? Where are your fruit? And in special for the English translation is very interesting because if you read the English translation, there the Hebrew word for fruit sometimes uh, translated as an apple. And why they use the word of apple? Because um, the monks in the in England in the Middle Age, they went up to north um, from from the Anglo-Saxons, and they translated the the Greek. Uh, the Hebrew Old Testament in Latin, we say the word for the Latin Bible is Vulgata. And they use the word, um, they translate it in an apple because in Latin the word apple means malum. But malum have two interpretations. One is mean apple, but the other thing it's mean evil. They use just one word for two things, apple and evil. Both are malum. And this is why they translate it in, in English many times there's just an apple because everybody from Latin knows, okay, malum means an evil fruit. But it real, it was not an evil fruit. You know what I mean? They just eat it and they then God kicked them out. And what I like is they the ancient Anglo-Saxons bishops and monks, they thought about it. And we have it right now in our Christmas trees. We have this kind of balls there, but there is a picture from a bad uh, from a good fruit on a tree, and you don't catch it, don't touch it. This is why they have so much colors because if you touch it, maybe it's fell down, and then this, this is from glass, and Mama will punch you. Your mom yeah. will punch you. This is a whole mythology about the Christmas tree. It's a big picture from the sin. In your living room, don't touch the children because if you touch this ball, it's destroyed, then I punch you. You know what I mean? The Christianity used this picture of a Christmas tree for that to teach the children every year on Christmas. Oh, that's, that's fascinating. We don't punch our children in America. No. <laughs> I know what you mean, smack them. Yeah. Lost in translation yeah. in our first pod, second podcast yeah. is, you know, mothers punching children. Um, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things you hit on yesterday as you're preaching and I think is fascinating you know as you said is the very first question the serpent poses is did God really say and and it's to change their view of God immediately like you said prohibitions we want to think about you know I hear all the time people say I don't want to be a Christian because your God is he 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 strains the life out of you. It's all it's all rules and regulations, and I can't be free to be me. So we think of God in these terms of prohibitions, what I can't do versus what I receive from him. Yeah. And he says, you can have everything in this garden except one thing. Yes. And, and I think it's fascinating because as a parent, you know this. How many times you tell your kids, you can do all of this, don't do this one thing. And they still, by human nature, choose the one thing. Then we grow up as adults, and we still do the same thing before God. God says, you can do it all this way. Don't do it this way. And we want to do it the way God says not to do it. And we live in a culture right now where the enemy's lie is still the exact same lie. Did God really say? And the amount of people that I'm in conversation with, especially in today's Western American culture, um, with all its ideology and all of the things about sexuality and identity, how many of them say, 
well, does God's word really say this? Does God's word really say that? And what they're doing is repeating the lie of the enemy because that's what he wants you to do is the question, is it really there? Is it really said there? Because if not, then go for it. Touch it. Eat it. Do it. Well, you yeah, know, if it's not and clearly written there. If it's not clearly there and you can't show me, yeah. did he really yeah. say it? Yeah. Right? I think the there we have two points very interesting. First of all is God doesn't speak with Eve about it. He speaks with Adam about it. And Adam have to teach her wife how to behave. Mm. And I think this is the most picture, first picture as a priest, how you teach your wife. And it's interesting that the snake don't show up and speak with Adam because Adam know everything. And some, some theologians said maybe Adam don't teach her the right way. Because if he's, we read it later, Adam Adam is just a weak guy, and the best thing is Tandy. Yeah, Tandy's your wife, Tim from Tim's wife, Tandy. She said to me, "I said uh, for two days, I said, oh, Adam is so, so weak.'" And she said, "Yeah, I know, but what do you will do when a naked woman stand in front of you?" I said, "Oh, I get the point." <laughs> and Tandy is just a blessing. That would and be that would be a comment my wife would make. <laughs> yes, you know. And what I want to say is, uh, first of all, is. The snake speaks with Eve, and Adam have to teach her. Did he teach her right? We don't know it because she's exaggerating. She don't say the right thing. What God told him, maybe she don't. He don't did his job right first. And the other thing is, some theologians said the snake can be also a picture from your inner dialogue that you speak with yourself. Because if you're starting to negotiate with yourself, you will every time will you lose. Because, um, like what I said yesterday, when I was a child, um, I steal something, st some stuff from from the from the fishing market. If you start to negotiate with yourself, you will immediately die. Yeah. Because if the sin showed up, you have to talk with God. Never talk with the snake. Never talk with the sin, and teach your family the right way. And this, as a man or as a priest, at, at, as a, yeah, as a senior pastor in the church, this is my biggest thing to see what God say, and don't do not don't. I want to do not more because Eve she exaggerating. And my question is, did Adam his job right or not? Yeah, you. Th my wife was yesterday saying she said I loved. I love that that phrase, talk with the creator, don't talk with the snake, the sin. Let's talk with the sin. And I told her, I said, you know, it's amazing to me how many times people have problems in their life, addictions, let's say, or uh, substances that they're, they're struggling with, and they'll say, can you give me a bunch of books on this? And it's like they want to read about their problem. And I tell them that's the worst thing to do is to keep reading about the very thing that you're trying to remove from your life. And so it, it's as if we're, we're, we continue to speak with the sin. Let me read about my sin. Let me talk about my sin. Let me get in a group all about my sin. And all you're doing is speaking of the sin, about the sin. And that's not to say that, that, that they're not there sometimes to help. But we know that you must speak with the Creator. And there's a big difference. And, and there are a lot of us are not just trying to figure out how to get out of sin, as you said, and, and to stop speaking with our own sin. I love that the, 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 the way you put it, we negotiate with it. We, we, it comes along and we go, this show isn't that bad. That scene didn't really bother me the way someone else said it did. 
hey, I think my kids are mature enough to handle this. Did God really say that? Did Jesus speak about this in the gospels? And if I can't find it, then can I allow it? You know, and then we justify and our our conversation based on other people. You know, there were people yesterday, you were vulnerable and you said, um, I struggle with my language, you know, with, with curse words. Yeah. And instead of hearing that every day you wake up, every day with a with a turmoil inside, God, I'm working on this and I need you to help me. Yeah. There are a lot of people that would say, Oh, Johannes says curse words. That that means I can mm-hmm. say them too. That's the negotiation. Well, if he does it, yeah. I can do it, and then I don't feel bad about it anymore. And we can't do this with sin. What what we have in Germany, uh, especially in in the past when I was a youth pastor, like the, the the children or the young guys that asked me, um, the, the question was every time the same: how much I can distance myself from Jesus and still be a Christian. Yes, and my my question is why you don't ask how I can go more deeper to him, and and the other thing is they said can I go to the club or to disco or something? Yes, of course you can go. You can preach the gospel everywhere. We go to whorehouses and pray the gospel there. Preach the gospel there. We preach we pray with the with with the women there. Of course you can go everywhere. But the, the question is what do you have to do there? You know what I mean? We are not apart from the from the from the world. We bring the gospel everywhere, and this is why the question is never for me: um, Can I go in this place? Can I go in this place? You have to, to preach the gospel everywhere. The question is what you do there. And the same what we see in the in the scripture: Adam and Eve they have a job there in a in the garden. They prepare the garden. They they call the the animals and stuff, and they're hanging around. They're just hanging around and relax. And the snakes show up in the time if you do nothing. You know what I mean is many people, uh, when they, fo- they come into sin, they just enjoy the time and do nothing. And laziness, uh, if we read in the New, uh, New Testament, laziness is also a sin. Yeah, and we would say, you know, we didn't want to hear it as kids. Now you're parents. And you know, you tell your kids like, hey, when you get bored, you're g- you get in trouble. You know, and so it was like, hey, when if everything's closed in town tonight, you need to be home. Because if, yeah. if it's not open, then you have nothing to do but to create. And when you create, now we're back to God, the creator, you create trouble. And, and the amount of people that get in trouble and do things in relationships and, and all of this, when they're lazy or they're bored, and, and they, yes. they, as you said, they relax. And I love that picture you showed yesterday of, of the snake, a, a constricting python, an anaconda, actually squeezes harder when you exhale than when you inhale and it's that idea of when you breathe and kind of relax and exhale the snake squeezes tighter and constricts you know tighter and that that sin when when we relax and we're lazy and we're idle and we're just so bored that we have to have something to do that we end up participating in sin he squeezes harder on us. Yeah. For me, it's the biggest question. Yesterday, I, I stood in the stand in the front door from the Genesis Church, and the guy showed up and said to me, "What does it mean? I have to work the whole day and never relax?" I say, "No, this that's not what I want to say." Is the first of all is you can do never just nothing. If you're just sitting around, you think, or if you sit, then you sit. If you sleep, then you lie on the bed. You never do n- just nothing. It can't be happened. 
And for me, it's imp- most important stuff is is it what you do if you relax? What do you think? What you relax? Uh, what when you relax? We say, what do you think over yourself when you're totally alone? This creates your character. But the most people, they think when they're alone, they're evil about themselves. And they create reality. And they create the character. And it's important here. When we read the scripture, Adam was the whole time with her. But he don't say something. He just relax. He just wants to have his quiet time. But Eve is talking and talking and talking and negotiating and he's just chilling there around and she give him some food and he grabbed it yeah. and eat it. No, co- Nothing. It's just a real we- weak man. His, his wife is uh, have problems and have thoughts and is negotiating and talking and he's just, oh, I want my food and my quiet. Give me something. Yeah. You know, and this is a picture from marriage. Yeah. And, and, the, and the Bible says he was right next to her. Like yes, he, was, he passed yes. him the apple right there. So yeah. it wasn't like he was unaware of what might have been happening. And if the snake was uh, she, she talking with her, she will, he will listen the I'm whole sure time. He, yeah. But you see how weak is he? Wow. And sometimes when I read the scripture, I see myself how so much time my wife talked to me and say, hey, Johannes, we have, uh, we have this problem. We have this problem. And I say, hey, what kind of problem? I'm good. Yeah. Exactly. And how many times I'm as a man so weak. Or negligent. Yeah, and they don't listen to my to, wife. Yeah. But this problem is he listened to his wife. She's exaggerating because maybe then he listened better. And what he do is he follow his wife in this trip. You know what I mean? Just because of food. And if we uh, um, read later, um, we can do see that somebody else sells something for, for food. Because he's a firstborn and he sells it just for food. You know what Jacob I mean? Yeah, yeah, we we have this picture for food, and many times because we as a man, uh, maybe you read about it, but we like to it's eat. It's our love language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a man's <laughs> heart is through his stomach. <laughs> you know, so yes. and that I love that you truth. just drew a line from Genesis three to Jacob and Esau, and yeah. that's the beauty of what we're doing here is showing those next Connecting steps dots. of how God's story. Is, is interwoven all yeah. the way through. Um, I, I would say two things as we're closing out that I'd love to have your yeah. thoughts on. Uh, the first is this, you you pointed out, um, uh, Lord God, Yahweh Elohim, Yahweh Elohim, over and over again throughout the creation story until Genesis 3, and Satan removes the term Lord and just says God to change his view of God. And how many of us have the wrong view of him yes. as we're approaching his story? Speak on that for a second. For me, for me, is first, uh, the picture of God in the Ten Commandments is not to allow to have icon from God. But if we are really and sure and right, everybody have a picture from God in his mind. But I think for me, God, I can't, I'm every time shocked about him because he is so different than I am. And this is why I, I like why the, how the Bible speaks about it. The, God shows himself, Moses, in a, in a thorn bush with fire. In a thorn bush, you have no fruits. You can't not hide. You, if you come too near, the, the thorns give you pain. Or if you t- come too near, that it's burn you. But if you have too much distance, then it's cold. You have to have the right distance. And you ca- is this not your, your friend? Hey, I have to negotiate with God. And if you don't do what I want, then I'm angry. Are you serious? You don't negotiate with a thorn bush. 
it's painful. But you can, and the other thing is a thorn bush don't give you shadow at all. The picture of the thorn bush is so amazing. And what I want to say is, if sin is there, what God says to Moses at all, he said, put your feet up. It's not interesting where you're going with, how rich you are, how expensive are your shoes. Don't care. Just put it away. Come naked to me because I see you every time naked. And we have the same picture here. Adam and Eve, they are naked. God can see everything. And they speak and then they change the picture of God that he's evil. In that there was naked, but this was good. And what I want to say is, if sins showed up, we see it also on the cross when Jesus quoted Psalm 22. He said, my God, my God, why you have forsaken me? But before, he said more than 120 times, Father, Father, Father. But when the sin come on the cross, he just say, God. And the same what we have here, God, they have a good, deep relationship. They talk, they, he, he talk with them, he running around with a garden, and then the sin come up, and they just say, God. And the, the title, Elohim, um, it's in Hebrew we say, smichut, El means God, and Anachnu means we. The Elohim means our God. And But Yahweh is, uh, is a title of a deep friendship, it's uh, your savior. You know, um, we say an enclitic verb. What does it mean? I can't just say, I kiss, or I can't say, I hug. I have to kiss you, I have to hug you. And the name Yahweh means I'm there. For what? For you. I be there for you. And this is a very deep title. And they put it away and they said, Origin, uh, uh, Yahweh Elohim means the God is there for you as a friend, as a rescuer, as a creator. But he put this away and said, there's just a God. But not only more for you. Because the sin is there for you. The snake is right now for you. And the snake speaks with you. And God don't answer. This changed their mind. you know. Wow. And yeah. this is why Jesus said they have no connection anymore on the cross to, with God because the sin takes a place for God and skipped the, the, the opportunity to speak with God anymore. And this is why we have Jesus on the cross when he's screaming out, you know, because... When he cuts them, uh, the sin cut him from God, then he just have to scream. And how many people, they preach or pray at home, and they have the feeling that the prayers just go to the roof, and but never to God, because the sin cuts you from God. And if I'm talking about, I see sometimes myself, how, how, how I'm alone when the sin is there, when I'm fighting with my wife or with my problems with my children, and then I pray to God and I feel I'm alone. You know what I mean? And this is a deep picture on the cross. We see the same thing, and we see the same thing with the snake. Just God. Mm. What, what a great, deep understanding wow. for our listeners that you cannot, as you just said, you can't have a conversation with sin and a conversation with God. You can't be in both. And when you choose to speak to the sin, you cut the deep relationship with your creator. Yeah. You know, and then there's so many people wondering, where's God? Where's God? Where's God? Where's God? Well, let's talk about the sin then in your life. And that's why it's so important. Let's let's lean in and just close with this. You had said yesterday, um, and I just thought this was beautiful to think about, um, if they had been eating everything that was given to them, they would have been full. And when full and the enemy, the serpent comes along and says, hey, are you hungry to take this fruit? They'd be like, nah, I'm full, I'm done. 
and how often we're not full in the things of God. Therefore, the serpent shows up when we're hungry. Yeah. Speak into that as we close out. I said, um, I use the picture many times for in marriage counseling. Many times I see women, they cheating with the husband. Of course, in, in Germany, it's more the women cheating than the man cheating. Maybe in, German, in America it's different. But um, they many times I say, okay, you don't live your life with your husband how you can do or your sexuality how you can do, but then you hide yourself and then the other guy showed up and then you say, oh, I'm a kind of hunger, rice, and then you catch them. And what I want to say is so many people, they, they thought, they think that relationship with God is have you have to do something. I have to pray, I have to read the Bible, go to the church, work a... If the relationship with God is like this, then this is slavery. Mm. If I have, if I talk to my wife and say, "Okay, I have to love you, I have to hug you, I have massage, I have time with you, I have to talk with you," and then I say, "Oh, okay," and then we are married, ship, I don't want it. The best thing what I what my wife can say to me is that you are useless. I don't need you, but you're good with you. It's like driving around with a tank. Nobody needs to drive with a tank, but it's nice. <laughs> or with a, or with a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or with a, with a truck. Nobody needs a truck, but it's beautiful. And what I want to say is, I don't have to read. I don't need to pray. I can, I can live without this, but then it's terrible. But if I live with God and I do this stuff, just beautiful. I, I don't need God. I want Him. You know what I mean? Is they have to change. We have to change our thoughts. The, the sin wants us. You know what I mean? And God asked us. And this is a totally different thing. God don't want us that we are a slave. He wants friendship. And this is what, what my wife said. If my wife said, okay, five hours every week, we do this and this and this. She said, that's not a good relationship. I want to spend time with her. I want to talk. I want a massage. I want everything. I want it because I want it fervently because I like her. And the same thing, so many people, they change it because they have a dirty view of God, a slavery. Now it's friendship. I like it. I, work, I like it fervently. Yeah. Does it make yeah, sense? Yeah. It's great. It does. Yeah, they look at it as a duty, task, some rules, you know, somebody that's uh, giving if, them if all I have these a, things. My son, for example, my son is a, is a big guy, okay? But n I never ask myself, um, can I give him food? Of course, it's my, it's my duty. Because I have a son, of course I will work for him. Of course I will feel, uh, give him food. Of course, and the same is with God. Of if um, if I'm a prey from God, of course I'm, I love him and I will do everything what he's asking for. For me, is so much better. I want to do it before he asks. It's like my wife. She said, "Hey, there's there's some dirt on the floor. She don't want to ask. Hey, can you pick it up? No, I pick it up before she asks. Before because I want that she loves me." Yeah. And what my biggest hope and my biggest wish one day when I'm in the heaven on my knees or prost prostration, how you say it? Prostration. Yeah. Prostrating myself. I will listen that he say, you are my friend. You did a great job. Mm. And this is what I want to hear from him. And my answer is just thank you. I, I don't ask him something. My I want to just say thank you. Nothing more, and this is what for me. It's a duty to work in the body of Christ. It's a it's a duty. It's 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 a gift. It's it's more than this. I like it so much fervently because we change the world mm. every day. This yes. is why we love this guy. 
This is the beauty nice. right here, my friend. Yes. Yes. That's good. Around the world. Yeah, how do you say your last name? I, 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 Johannes Justus. Justice. Yesterday I, 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 I said justice. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you, but it's it's technically use Justice. Just, justice is the oh, same right. word. Okay. Johannes Justus, uh, John Justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when. But they they try to speak German. They yeah. try it. <laughs> it's but a great. You try I to love speak it. <laughs> 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 you're doing, it you're doing a great job, though. He he, he did an nah, amazing job, job yesterday. We can't wait to have you back. Yes. We can't wait to come to Germany. Yes. And we can't amazing. wait to continue the series. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited. Thank you guys for joining us. We hope that this was a blessing for you in diving deeper into our week two never-ending story. You can find all additional content and uh, and just resources, any questions that you may have at www.genesischurchorlando.com backslash the never-ending story. Uh, submit those there. We'd love to hear back from you guys. But once again, you could follow us on Instagram at Post Sunday Podcast and all podcasting platforms, Spotify, you, uh, iTunes, and all of that. So uh, we thank you again for tuning in. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church, a place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.